Hey, how's everybody doing, man? I am uh, I'm so pumped uh, to tell you guys, uh, any first timers here? Anybody? A few of you, nice. Okay, very cool. Well, welcome to the living room. My name is Trey. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm on staff at one of our churches here, and I get the awesome, awesome privilege to get to be down here uh, at the living room quite frequently, and I love it. I love getting to talk with students. I love getting to talk with people. I just love people as a whole. Um, but we've been in this series over the past three weeks, and now this is week four. This is the, the, the last one, I believe. Uh, of, it's called Knowing You, and we've been asking this question, who am I? And we've been wrestling with some of these things that we deal with as far as like identity and insecurities and all these different things, but just really answering the question of who am I, not necessarily based on what everything else says, but based on what God says about me. So I do want to say this to, to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, maybe, maybe this will give me a little bit of credibility, especially those of you who have never met me before. A little bit about myself. I was born in southern Mississippi. Lived there till I was five, at which point I moved to southern Florida, West Palm Beach, and then at seven, moved to Houston, Texas, uh, Sugar Land, right outside of Houston, and then just before my ninth birthday, moved to uh, Gwinnett County, right up here in a little town called Snellville, Georgia. Anybody from Gwinnett County? Anybody? All right, all right, GCO forever. My boys, my girls, I love it. So uh, I was moving around a whole lot, you know? Another thing about me is that uh, I am a black guy who grew up in predominantly white churches, white schools, um, white neighborhoods my whole life. And so I kind of brought the two together, like my favorite colors to wear are white and black. Right? Like, this is what I'm, I'm wearing tonight. So I have a little understanding there. Uh, and then another um, just thing about myself is that since I graduated from college, uh, I spent time as a firefighter, an EMT, uh, a pilot, uh, a personal trainer, a sales professional, a recruiter, and now I work on staff at a church. If anybody knows just a little bit about what it means to try to figure out who am I, I know just a little bit about it, all right? I've been around the block a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that I'm an expert. I'm not saying that I know all the answers, but I've spent a long time trying to figure out who I am. So to get started tonight, now that you know a little bit about me, um, I want to ask a question just kind of because I always like to get kind of a feel in the room for, for who I'm with and all that kind of stuff. I had an experience a while back, uh, and maybe some of you had this experience. I would love to find out how many of you had this same experience as I do. You might have to think about it for just a minute, but by show of hands, how many of you have been a baby? Think about it now if you, if you got to. Raise my pie. I just want to make sure everybody in here... Okay, that's everybody in the room. We've all been a baby at some point. And I'll tell you right now, I love babies. I just love babies. Like, I have one at home. He's, well, he's three now. He's not really a baby anymore. But I have a little, he's still my baby. Like, I call him my baby. You know, but babies are always just so happy, and they're just laughing and smiling and stuff like that or whatever until they're crying, and then they're yelling and screaming and stuff. And that's a little bit of a different story. But I will tell you that watching my son, Mason, over the past three years has been incredible. It's been an awesome experience. And one thing that I love about babies and about Mason especially is that he has this thing about him. Like he is so confident about everything he does. So confident about everything he does. Like he feels like he can do anything he wants, anytime he wants, the way that he wants, okay? Like he thinks he can drive, like he'll jump in my truck and he'll be driving and stuff and he actually thinks he's doing it, right? Even though I'm looking on thinking, no, you're not really doing it, you know, because we all know what it's like to drive, but he thinks he's driving. So he's like, game on, you know, nobody's gonna tell me I can't do this. You know, he thinks he can fly, 
So he will launch himself from our ottoman onto the couch all the time, never thinking once about the fact that maybe if he misses just one time, he might fall flat on his face, right? (laughs) Like babies think that they can do just about anything. Mason feels like he can do whatever he wants. As a matter of fact, I'll tell him, Mason, you can't do this. I need you to do this other thing. And his response is cute. He'll just be like, but um, no, I'm, I'm watching Daniel Tiger right now. And I'm like, but I told you that you need to do this. And like, he's, hit, he's headstrong, you know? Like, Nike time is, is amazing for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Nike time is like his time. Like, he's like, you try to put, I'm like, Mason, come over here. So I put your underwear on. And he's like, no. And he's running away from me, you know? And like, he stands there with like this confidence of like, this is who I am, you know? Like, just all out there. Just like, this is, you know, if you try to catch him, he's running. His little butt's like running away from you. And I'm like, man, come back over here, you know? Like, there's certain things as babies that they just believe that they can do anything. They have confidence. He's got a friend. Uh, her name's Blakely. She's a little bit younger. She's two and some change. And uh, it's actually my boss's daughter. So we were uh, just a couple weeks ago at Inside Out, which is the ministry that I, I, I work for. And um, afterwards, we're cleaning everything up outside. And my wife is walking around watching the kids while we're taking cushions in from our patio furniture and stuff outside. And Blakely decides that she wants to crawl up to on top of one of these like outdoor patio furniture things. And she's looking across and I'm talking the distance is probably like from here to like maybe here. Now for you and I, that's not a big distance, but for a little like pint sized runt like this, like that's, that's like one of us like trying to jump across something vast, right? So she literally like looks like this. My wife sees her from across the patio. Like I'm talking from here to like the second row here and starts running because she knows what she's about to do. I I don't know what overcame her other than just she has this confidence about her because she's a baby, right? She literally standing there, she looks, smiles, and then goes, like, dives off of this thing thinking she can make that distance, and we all know there's no way it's going to happen. Jamie gets there just in time to grab her foot, right, as she's, like, about to hit her face on the ground. I kid you not. Kid you not. She catches her. I kind of see the thing, like, halfway. I'm just like, oh, what's going on, you know? She jumped off of there thinking she can do whatever she wants. Babies think they can fly. They think they can do whatever. And you and I have all been there. We all started out with this thought, as much as we, you know, as you think a baby can think, that we can do anything, that we can be anything. We start out with an identity. We start out with what God has scripted on each and every one of us. But something happens over the course of time. Because as we get a little bit older, we start walking through some things, we start getting a little bit bigger. Suddenly, what goes from this is who I am to this is who I'm not. I'm not cool enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not um, um, rich enough. I'm not skinny enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, and doggone it, people don't like me. That was a reference. Anybody catch that? Nobody caught that. Good enough, smart enough, people? Okay, forget it. Go look up SNL. It, it's on there, like, from years ago. Anyway, so we, we grow up with this, like, this whole, like, I'm not thing, right? There's this, like, I'm not that starts to take over. So we shift from I am this and this and this and this, these things that God has scripted on us. And slowly through the years, we move it toward, I'm not this, and I'm not this, and I'm not this, and I'm not this. 
And the problem with that is that when we start to look at I'm not, all that is is simply lies. Those are just things that are around us. And Brad talked about this a couple weeks ago, if you were here. He talked about this idea that Satan, you know, we talked about like Satan, if you were here, like Satan, like a lot of people blame Satan for things that just happen normally in life when there's really things that we should be doing. But there's truth in the fact that he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And in the process, he's going to lie to us. And he's going to start to make us believe things that maybe we didn't originally believe. But the bigger issue is this right here. And I want to draw this out for you. I'm going to make this sure that everybody can see this here. When we start to work on I'm not, and these are the lies. Y'all forgive my handwriting. You can read that, right? All right. <laughs> Almost always it will lead toward I can't. And I can't is an insecurity. And we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago too is that anytime we start to believe I'm not this and this and this and this and this, all these things that maybe God actually said about us when we were babies, and over time we learn to believe these things, we eventually get to I can't. And we have these insecurities that then lead us toward I won't. And this I won't is the same thing as running. So now I have insecurities about myself, and I decide, you know what? Every opportunity that comes my way Every time somebody challenges me, every time somebody tries to get me out of my comfort zone, I think, you know what, I'm not going to do that. And that all goes back to I'm insecure about who I am because I'm confused about my identity based on the lies that are being told about me. But it gets worse because here's the thing. After I won't, you eventually get to I never did. Did you know that some people describe a cemetery as one of the place of the highest potential out of anywhere on the earth? And I know that sounds weird, but if you think about it, there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of ideas, thousands and thousands and thousands of creations, thousands of impactful people that lie there and those things were never realized because at some point in their life, they moved from I'm not to I can't to I won't to I never did because time ran out for them. And some of you can look back on things in your life already that you can say, I never did this because they're called regrets. They're things that we never did. Maybe God was calling you to something at some point, or if you're not a believer, maybe it was just an opportunity that you had to step outside your comfort zone. And you thought, maybe I, I might do a good job at this. But at the end of the day, you didn't. And now maybe the, the chance has passed. And you just continue on this vicious cycle. Well, because I never did, then I'm, I'm not this. That's, that's what happened to me before, you know? I'm not this. We just continue through this over and over and over and over again. But here's the problem with that. There is so much that's at stake here. Because we don't want to be here. We don't want to be one of those potential people that's lying in the ground with no chance left to continue on that. Because here's the thing. You are the only you that will ever be. You are the only you that will ever be. I don't know where all of you are in life. I don't know what you're dealing with or what you're going through or, 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 or what your relationships are like or anything like that. But I can tell you that for me, I'm the only father to Mason that can be. I'm the only 
husband to my wife that can be, I'm the only Trey McKnight that you will ever see. Now, you may know some other Trey McKnights, and I'm sure they're going to be strapping and good looking, right? (laughs) But you will never know another this Trey McKnight because each and every one of us was uniquely made by our creator. It's the identity that's placed on us. And so uh, as we have kind of walked through this and stuff, I want to I share this, um, this clip for you. So a couple weeks ago, we, we showed a little clip from The Lion King. Anybody, anybody like The Lion King? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Stephen loves The Lion King. All right. So yes, lots of people do. So I want to show you this other clip. Now this is, this is if you know the story, uh, you know, there's, it's, he's a lion, but it's a family. And so Simba is going to be the character that you see in here. His father has died and he feels like it's his fault. Uh, because they were lies that were told to him by his uncle. And so all his life, he's now grown up. Uh, he's probably, you know, maybe late teenager in his early, early uh, you know, 20s or something like that. And so that's where this picks up right here. You have forgotten who you are. I don't remember who I was. See, Simba was at one point that baby too. Remember? You know? Like he said, thank you for that. <laughs> Simba was once that baby, but if you look back over his life, and more importantly, if you look back over our lives, you would have seen the things that lied to him. It was they, right? Does everybody know who they is? Yeah? You guys follow DJ Khaled? You know? They. Like, they don't want you to be successful, so what are we going to do? We're going to be successful, right? They don't want you to eat, so what are we going to do? We're going to eat some more. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like DJ Khaled is quite full of himself, but he's got like these positive messages that let you know, stay away from they. And they in our lives can be one of three things, I think. It can either be experiences. So things that maybe as you grew up, maybe you tried out for the play and you didn't make it. And so that marked something in your life. Or maybe you, you, like myself, were in a critical situation on the baseball field in a clutch situation and you needed to come through and you didn't. And so that was a, an experience that marked your life because from then on you thought, ah, I'm not, I can't, I won't, I never did. There are experiences in our life that contribute to that. The second thing is other people in your life. Maybe your parents spoke a message of you that you're just not good enough. Or who are you to wear your hair like that? Who do you think you are to be able to do something? Or maybe, maybe your parents split up at a young age and for some reason you thought that it was your fault. Just like Simba did. Social media is another big one. We look on social media and we see other people doing things and accomplishing things and we think, I can never be that. And eventually we get to the third thing, the third they that's in our lives and that's ourselves. Because we eventually believe our own hype. And that's the negative hype. We have negative self-talk and in our minds we're constantly telling ourselves, I just, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. I can't do that. And those three things will steal and kill and destroy us to the point that we eventually never do. We never become what God wants us to become. So great, Trey. You're saying, all right, cool. I get it. We have things that are scripted on our lives, and over time, we go toward, I'm not. How do I overcome this? How do I overcome the lies? How do I stay away from they? And I feel like Paul speaks directly to this in a passage in Romans. It's in Romans 12 too, and I want to take a look at this right here. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now, he's talking about the mind here. 
And you just got to think, why is he talking about the mind? Because I thought that like all this like Jesus, God, Bible stuff was like all about the heart. Here's the thing is that very often the mind has not yet achieved what the heart has achieved. See, God can cleanse you in a moment and create in you a clean heart and a pure heart. But the mind is a creature of habit. And so what it's going to take is it's going to take us being transformed by the renewal of it. So follow me with this for just a second. I want to take a look at this just a little bit more in depth because I feel like sometimes we read stuff and we just skim right over it. There's something important that I feel like Paul is telling us right here. He says, be transformed, passive, by the renewal of your mind, active. There are two roles that play out here. There's God's role, the transforming, so we are to be transformed by him, and then there's our role, the renewal of our mind. Sometimes I feel like God wants us to take a step into something. And he's sitting here telling us, he's just like, Trey, I have something for you. And I want so badly to give this thing to you. And if you will only take that step, I'm going to show you a whole new world of things that maybe you never knew before. But it's going to require me taking that step first. And sometimes it may be a step that's outside your comfort zone. Maybe it's a step into blind faith. You're not sure what's going to happen on the other side. But he's calling us right here, renew your mind. We have to take that first step. It's not going to just happen. And I know this firsthand. I'm living this right now because there are things in my life that I felt God calling me to for a long time, and I've not stepped into them. Because remember, firefighter, personal trainer, all these different things. And I finally figured out, maybe, maybe it's this other thing over here. And so I took a step. And an opportunity presented itself. And I took another step, and an opportunity presented itself. And every time, I'm not sure what's going to happen on the other side. But I know I just got to keep taking these steps because every time I step, it gets a little bit clearer for me. You guys follow me? He's calling us to renew our minds first so that we open the door for God to transform us. That's the part that we don't have to do, and that's the beauty of it. So it continues. Let's keep going. Come on. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, I don't even know what I'm doing next week, bro. How am I going to know the will of God in my life? Like, I'm in college. Like, I'm a freshman. I just graduated high school almost a year ago. I have no idea what God's will is for my life. And I want to let you off the hook tonight. I want to tell you that you don't have to have it all figured out. Because a lot of you are living out the will of your life, the will, God's will for your life right now. You're a student. You're a son. You're a daughter. Maybe you're an employee somewhere. You're living it out right now. Most of you, I hope. But you don't have to have everything figured out all the way down the road. All God asks you is that you just take a step. And guess what? He says that by testing, you may discern this indicates to me that this is something that's going to take work day after day. You know they call doctors practitioners? You want to go, anybody trying to be a doctor in here? Yeah. You practice. You have a practice. Guess what? You're not going to be perfect at cutting open somebody's heart the first time you do it. <laughs> that's scary, right? <laughs> but that's the way it is. It's going to take testing, 
over and over and over again until you get it right. You're going to have to discern based off that testing what's right. You're going to take a step and you're going to realize that was the right step. Oh, there's another step. I'm going to take a step and realize, nope, I discerned that the wrong way. I need to take a step back. Then you're going to take another step and you're going to continue this process over and over and over. And sometimes you might take a step forward and you might take two or three or five steps back. And then sometimes you might take a huge leap forward and then you're going to take two or three or five or 10 steps back. But as long as you continue to progress, Paul is telling us, you're going to continue to work toward the will of God. You don't have to know it all right now, but this is a process. This is something that you continue through by renewing your mind every day of your life. And then this is where it gets really good right here. What is the will of God? It is what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect. See, here's the thing. God created each and every one of you. You've heard this before. Each and every one of you for a purpose. He created each and every one of you for a purpose. And there are people that are going to try to tell you that that's not the case. But he's created you to be something, specifically, uniquely. And it's going to be perfect for him, yes, because he is perfect, and we're not. But I'll tell you that he's created you that if you fit into what is good and acceptable and perfect, it's good and acceptable and perfect for you because it's how he created you. Does anybody know about elephants? Yes, they are. And they're also very strong, okay? So some of you may have heard this. As an elephant, as a baby elephant, the way that circus, the circuses will train an elephant is they'll tie a chain around their leg or around their neck or something like that tied to a stake. That elephant cannot overpower it. And it'll sit there and try and pull and tug and twist and do everything it can to try to get away from that chain because it wants to be what it was created to be, a big, beautiful, powerful animal, right? But it's learning back here I can't get away from here. So then they'll let it go, and then they'll tie it up again, and it'll try again and try again and try again. And over time, the trying slows, and it stops to the point that as that elephant gets big and powerful and has the ability to rip trees down and tear things up, all they have to do is put that chain around the leg on a little itty-bitty pole. It'd be the equivalent of somebody tying twine around your ankle tied to a golf tee right? That's all it would take. But because it's been ingrained, that elephant never gets to what is good and acceptable and perfect. This right here, when you can be on the pathway to this without straying, without letting anything knock you off, without letting I'm not get in the way of it. This is what God is talking about when he says that he wants to prosper you and give you a good name. This is what God is talking about when he says that you are fully his. This is what God is talking about when he wants the most success for your life. This is what he's talking about when it means to know you. It means to remember that you were made in his image. It means to remember that he loves you and that nothing can separate you from that. It means to remember that you are his son and you are his daughter. It means to remember all of these things because at the end of the day, this is what really, really matters as far as what we need to do in order to renew our minds. When we renew, we remember. We remember what God says about us. When we remember, we stop running. We stop saying, I won't. We stop letting challenges get in the way and stop us from becoming what we're to be. And when we stop running, 
we rest. We rest in what God has for our life, what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect. That's what hangs in the balance, and that's what's at stake. It can either be this, resting in his will, or it can be, I never did. And we have a choice. So you're saying, all right, I got a choice. How do I do that? Like, what do I walk away from this tonight with to know how I can start to head down that path? Because remember, this is going to be something that's going to take, it's going to take some work, right? And so that same guy, Paul, Paul's an incredible guy. You guys should read the Bible. It's awesome. That same guy, Paul, in Philippians tells us exactly how to start that and how to continue that. And he says it right here. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Because here's the thing. When we think about all of these things, that's, that's a lot of things. When we're thinking about all these things, there's not a lot of room for anything else. There's not a lot of room for the I'm nots. And it doesn't matter how many I'm nots they try to give us, whether they is an experience or another person or yourself. It leaves no room for any of that. He says, think about these things. And then he goes on a little bit, just to, just to hammer it in just a little bit harder. He says this right here. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And so at surface level, you think, okay, so Paul, apparently, I mean, it's kind of a bold statement, bro. Like, what you've seen in me, it's kind of arrogant. But part of the backstory is that when he wrote this, he was sitting in prison, y'all. Because he was going all over the nation, and he was telling people the gospel. He was giving them the good news about Jesus, and people didn't like it. So they said, you know what? We're going to put you in jail. And he continued to practice these things. He continued to think about what is pure and just and honorable and noble and worthy of praise and excellent and all these things. And he kept his mind in the right place that he continued to write letters to nations all over the place, sending them out, just saying, hey, I want to continue to encourage you, me, this guy sitting in prison right here. And oh, by the way, I perfected it because you've seen it and you've received it and you've heard it in me. And the way that I got there was that I practiced these things. And when I practice those things, the God of peace will be with me and also with you. That's how we begin to renew our minds and therefore remember what God says about us. Because at the end of the day, everything that everybody else says can't hold a flame, can't hold a candle to the inferno of God's love for us. We sing a song that says, when the lies speak louder than the truth, remind me that I belong to you. We belong to him and no one and nothing else. So if we can renew our minds, if we can practice that every day, so that's what I want to challenge you guys to do on a daily basis. Practice thinking about all those things. Can we put that other verse up here really quick, the, the previous one? Practice these things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise. Think about these things. So I want you to test every they that comes at you. Every time you're tempted to say, I'm not, 
Every time you're tempted to say, I can't and I won't do that because I'm insecure, because I'm confused about who I am, think about these things. Test it against this. Well, you're not very creative. Well, is, is that true? Is that honorable? Is that, is that fair? Is that pure? I don't think that's pure. Is that commendable? Is that excellent? Is that worthy of praise? I don't think so. If it doesn't pass these things, let it go. Push it away. And I know it's easier said than done. But I'm telling you, if you can practice these things day in and day out, you will be on the path that God called you to be and lead you toward what is good and acceptable and perfect. Stop running. Remember, rest in what God has made you to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, I'm so thankful for this group of people in this room. I'm thankful for the fact that you love us and that nothing can separate us from that. I'm thankful for the fact that you made each and every one of us in your image and no one can change that. I'm thankful for the fact that no matter what they say to us or about us or behind our backs, that you remain true every day that we rest in you and what you say about us because ultimately that's the only thing that matters. We are your sons. We are your daughters. We're the ones that you love. We are your creation and you've created each and every one of us with a purpose and we say thank you for that, Lord. I pray that every day you would give us the ability to test the things that they say against what you say because you win. We love you. We thank you for all that you are. In Christ's name, amen.